From high atop his secret broadcasting Shangri-La, overlooking New York, Miami, Austin, Seattle, and all points in between, this is America's number one life coach, Daryl Mobley. Specifically, today I'm going to be speaking with Dr. William Harvey, PhD, MBA, BSN, and RN. He's a clinician and a nurse executive with more than 20 years of healthcare experience. The occurrence of father absence in our communities dates back generations. The specific impact on father absence in the Black community is something that I'll be digging into with Dr. Harvey today. But let me be honest, the learnings, the application of what he is saying can apply to all of us. Through his doctoral work in human and social services and in working with some of the most vulnerable in the community, Dr. Harvey has this tremendous passion to uplift others, to change the arc of our communities by helping to shine a light on some of the most supportive methods that we can use to create social change and better each other. During this talk, I tried to personalize much of what he said because I think that's how most of us process things. How does this apply to me? How might this have applied to me? Did it apply to me? And I share some things during this talk that most don't know. Lean forward, take notes if you're so inclined, listen carefully. When I talk to Dr. William Harvey about fathers without fathers, meaning when fathers who have grown up without fathers try to do the fathering thing. All right, let's go. Tell me, if you will, Dr. Will, why you believe we should have this conversation today. There's a lot of our institutions, and when I say our, I mean like Black community, like our society, Mm -hmm. that are really, I would say like constantly under attack, I hate to sound that alarmist, but but honestly are. Um, Mm -hmm. Things regarding our rights, adherence to the 14th Amendment, um, our our own civil rights, the fact that we have to prove that the enemy exists, if you will, before Mm -hmm. somebody believes that we're fighting it. And one of the things that, you know, to bring it full circle, that I think 
we can do to combat that is building a stronger black community, building a stronger family dynamics. So in the context of uh, paternal abandonment, and you're gonna hear me use that interchangeably, paternal abandonment, father absence, the, mm -hmm. the phenomenon where a father is not traditionally in the home, mm -hmm. uh, whether biological or otherwise, I think we do a detriment to ourselves and society by not, not only having those strong family values within ourselves and between man and woman, but then we do a disservice to the next generation by not providing that context and that strength and that foundation that that young boy or girl can grow up again. So as long as this phenomenon is still pre uh, you know, uh, persistent in our society, I'm, I'm going to advocate for that we eradicate it. Okay. So today, as, as we announced at the beginning, we're going to talk about fathers without fathers. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. About that. I want to make sure that we put it on the table. Are, have you become a father? Not yet. I, I am hoping to. Okay, <laughs> okay great. To. And and did you have a father in your life? I did not, not especially not in the traditional sense, which was one of the main reasons that you know I chose this this path. I mean, I'm a nurse by trade and a nurse executive, uh, you know, by career and a social scientist now by my PhD. But when I chose the topic for my dissertation, it was very much rooted in my personal life. Uh, my father left when I was born, literally was not there the day I was born. And I don't know if I really saw him till some months and years afterwards, uh, and still lives on the other side of the country today. But uh, as much as I say that I have no animosity towards my father anymore, but in wrestling with becoming a man and being raised by a single mother and try to navigate some of the more things that traditionally, you know, <laughs> should be masculine to maintain and I wanted to start my own family, I, I started to wrestle like why I was struggling and then that kind of took me down the research uh, that, that I ended up doing. Okay, in full disclosure, I, uh, my mother and father uh, divorced when I was uh, a young kid mm -hmm. and uh, I have very uh, vivid and real uh, memories of my father. My father, you know, I, I remember that presence, and I remember what it was like uh, when he left. And I also have a perspective, you know, right or wrong, perspective on what it was like for my younger siblings mm -hmm. because they didn't have the opportunity to see him as much as I saw him. So I had a perspective on my parents as right. opposed to a parent, right? And so, yep. so I, I'm really excited to talk about this today. So let's talk about this. Today. First of all, define for me father absence. Let's, let's, let's go down that path. And we'll sure. Sure. And one, and that just before we get into, I appreciate you sharing it. I, I'm sure if we get to this in the conversation, I'm sure your, your younger siblings probably, I would venture to guess, probably saw you as some type of father figure, mm -hmm. uh, you know, down the road too. So I'm sure that affected, you know, their, their mm -hmm. upbringing. Um, father absence, as I describe it, is prevalence where uh, the traditional father, whether biological, whether a stepfather, um, is not in the home, whether they chose to just leave, right? You know, like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm having this kid, I'm, I'm leaving. Um, whether they are incarcerated or by death, Mm -hmm. uh, those are probably the two, the, the three biggest um, uh, phenomena, like in African American society, but not there, and especially then not replaced. And I could really get technical here, but not replaced, you know, around the age of five, six, or seven by an outside person. So not having a stepfather enter. So typically, a single mother traditionally uh, raising a child. Um, in this instance, was focused focused on male offspring, pretty much all through, um, you know, toddler, adolescence into teens. Right. Wow. Wow. And some of the, some of the things, let's, let's see if we can, let me put my arms around. What are some of the things that occur that you found in your, your research occur when there's a, to the young man before he is an adult mm -hmm. who doesn't have a father in his life? What, what is it? So, I mean, we literally probably do the rest of the conversation on just all the, the negative, negative social, not just stigmas, but real life things that happen to these young, I'll say men and women. So we'll, we'll just talk children before we kind of get into the fathers mm -hmm. having, you know, uh, fathers, African-American male men wanting to be fathers without having that background. But uh, historically and statistically, um, when you're kind of raised without a father, you have a higher prevalence of maladaptive issues, you know, um, kind of inability to trust, prevalence to violence, um, increased likelihood of incarceration uh, from a physical standpoint, increased likelihood of obesity, um, 
from an academic standpoint, uh, less likelihood to not finish high school or even graduate, you know, uh, of course, then less likely, of course, to go on um, to college or seek, you know, post high school education. Uh, earning potential is severely limited. Um, for females, you have a more likelihood to become pregnant or, you know, like the list kind of, go, and then especially in the context of that Supreme Court uh, potential ruling, that is its own um, pitfall for, for young women who, especially young African American women who want to, you know, kind of live their lives and have that freedom uh, of choice. Um, there's a lot of negative issues that, you know, may not be completely, like you can say, like, if I had a father, I would want him to right. be on the straight and narrow, but are certainly made worse when you do not have that uh, paternal figure in the home. Is there anything, and I'm, I'm assuming the answer is no, but I, this is where my mind's going. Is there anything positive about being without a father that you have discovered from your research? From my research, if I would say one thing positive is that depending on um, the self-actualization and realization from the gentlemen who have grown up without fathers and, you know, uh, anecdotally, I'll even, yeah, I'll even put me included yeah. Yeah. that, you know, and, and I guess maybe, let me preface this answer, maybe the word positive is subjective in this sense, but, you know, a lot of the gentlemen that I've spoken to that have tried to make themselves the best fathers that they've could um, have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. I, okay. I cannot say honestly that in uh, all the men that I've spoken to that they just simply did it altruistically. They simply did it, you know, that's my kid and I, I'm going to do this and it's the right, right thing to do. That was the outcome and grateful yeah. for those children and, you know, got a chance to talk to them through interviews. I mean, these are, these are some great kids, but Every gentleman that I spoke to is doing that and being a great father and really focusing on that with that little bit of chip that I don't want to become my father, right? Okay. I'm going to do this in spite of this person that was oh. not there in my life. Um, so that is that is tough to watch another man deal with that pain. Um, you know, should I'm ever blessed to become a father, I may deal with it myself. Um, but I mean, that is the positive that I, I have no doubt that those children, at least of the gentle, the yeah. small group yeah. that I talked to, will be better children because of that bit of spite, if that makes sense. So let me, okay, I got I to gotta pursue this because this is, again, this is, I'm very, I'm fascinated now. So yeah. let's say a, a man has a chip and is going to do it in spite of the mm -hmm. father, okay? Is he not then in effect rejecting himself? Because he comes from the, the man, mm -hmm. that, that is the, that is DNA wise, that is the, sure. close, that is his reality, right? So is he, is he offending his future, if you will, by denying and, and denigrating and being negative about, about that person? You know, can you ever, because you can't ever escape sure. from that problem, right? You, well, you can't, but how do you escape from something that was never there, right? Like, I mean, like, so the, the father and a lot of the gentlemen I spoke to was never there. They, several went through issues with the law, some, you know, at the age of 18 went straight into the army and then a whole bunch of other kind of, sadly has become typical stories in the black community, but mm -hmm. those that have kind of worked to turn it around were doing it in the sense of the negative father figure that they never knew. Those fathers could have been nice in, in another life or another right. world. And if those gentlemen had known that nice father and wanted to emulate themselves and become there, but I almost feel, you know, there's no way of knowing, of course, without studying that person's father and that right. son like there and kind of seeing how they connect. But I almost feel like those gentlemen have transformed themselves ironically enough into their own right into their own sense of manhood by rejecting this negative being that was never in their life so i, I get where you're going for sure okay. as far as the past but i think that horrific past I, the, the feeling of abandonment is, is truly awful but those gentlemen that have learned to try to turn a positive into it i feel like have become their own men in their own right in doing so they don't teach this stuff in school. And who do you propose teach this class? You're on the air with Daryl Mobley, your life coach on the radio. Let me take a quick break here and make sure everybody knows. I am talking to Dr. William Harvey. Now, let me go through this. You are a PhD. <laughs> yes, sir. You're an MBA. Yes, sir. You are a BSN, which is? Uh, Bachelor of Science in Nursing, yes. Very good. And you're an RN. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that in itself is a unique path. Right? That is very true. Yes, I have not. <laughs> as much as I'm very proud, and certainly my mother is very proud of us, because I've not met another person exactly like me uh, academically. I did that to, to be well-rounded in my field. I'm very much committed to nursing. I love medicine, but when it comes to social science and public yeah. health, it's a passion yeah. of mine, too. So that's why I really wanted to go this route. Okay. okay, this is great. I just want everybody to know we're talking to somebody here who is 
he has taken that journey, this unique journey, and I, and I am I am pleased and blessed to be able to talk to you. Okay, now let's talk about our let's, yeah no problem. Let's talk about our community. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different parts of our community. We we grew up differently. People grew up differently. This that and the third. And my kids are growing differently than I grew up, right? Um, and, uh, and maybe their kids will grow up somewhat differently than they grew up, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and I will say this, while I would not repeat what I went through growing up as far as the, the family situation, I wouldn't say, yes, sign me up for that again. Uh-huh. My kids might. My kids just might say, for what they're, hey, let's do it again. Yeah. Run, up, run it back. Run it back run again, it back. right? Right, so... <laughs> So, 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 but I know that there are a lot of different parts of our community. Every week I hear about gunplay in various cities and locations. I hear about crime and this, that sort of thing and, 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 and all of that. So with all that as a backdrop, and I, maybe I made it personal talking about my life, no, no. talk to me about our community and the impact of, of father absence on our community. Sure. So, no, I I think that's relevant just in the times. I mean, you can't, you know, I hate to be cliche, but you can't really have a conversation these days. You certainly couldn't have in the past two years without talking about COVID and the coronavirus, correct? So think about what that global pandemic has done. And then just let's focus on a few aspects, right? Mm -hmm. Mainly the economy and raising the um, unemployment rate, uh, and then issues of just pure health and work and, you know, having the ability, I'm very blessed to get to to be at this stage of my career as the pandemic happened, because then I have some options to work hard with. But had I been at the stage of my career, I was, I don't know, 15 years ago, wouldn't have happened, right? Right. So when you think about unemployment, and just the basic necessities to take care of your yourself, let alone a family, that is made even worse when you are dealing with that as a single parent, okay, raising a child or multiple children. So Mm -hmm. in the sense of our community, when not traditionally, but, you know, a quarter of the children born, you know, today are typically without a father. If you look globally, 60% of birth certificates don't have a father listed on it. When you think about going... Is that that globally... Correct. Black globally. Specific or no, I'm talking about globally, all races. Okay. Like so, so, so okay. parental abandonment okay. knows no color bounds. Okay. But our black community is okay. certainly largely affected. Okay. Sorry, I didn't Go mean ahead. to conflate okay. the two. Um, so when you think about that, you know, the difficulty in raising or bringing up a family with just one income and then all the unemployment stuff that is there, if you can't work remote and can't afford childcare, that is undue burden and stress not only on that single parent, but then that child. Mm-hmm. Two parent households typically and statistically can weather those type of financial right. hardships right. a little bit better. And then subsequently, those children that are going through it are less affected than those going through it with mm-hmm. a single mom. I can tell you, uh, you know, I didn't go through the stuff that my parents went through, that sort of thing, but it has been immeasurably better that through the twists and turns of life, I've been able to turn to my wife and she's turned to me for support or, or just somebody you know who's in that foxhole with you and exactly. supports you all the way. I cannot imagine doing this journey by myself with my kids. Exactly. Let's talk, let's talk about that. I, mean, I don't want to rattle off a bunch of statistics, but I think it's important for people to understand how multifaceted this is. But then, you know, and going back to just focusing on the Black community, I think it is well known, but if not, Black women in this society have such a higher prevalence of mortality just through going through childbirth, right? Mm-hmm. All races, religions, and creeds, African-American women, have a higher prevalency of mortality. Think about wow. that. But just through conceiving, now, whether that's an educational deficiency, whether that's a geopolitical or demographic wherever you live like that those statistics are real historically okay especially in the past few years african-american women with a partner right, that per, that father there are less likely to smoke uh, during pregnancy have better health habits lower risk of postpartum depression um look more leisure time like you know obviously higher kind of satisfaction in their yeah. relationship and it's not a mystery you don't have to be a social scientist to figure it out yeah. it's when you have that support Right yeah. now, if you're in a toxic relationship, that can certainly go off the rails. But right. like it, traditionally, you have that support and that care, just like you described, like you know, you and your wife kind of, you know, mm-hmm. being anchors for one another, mm-hmm. going through such a monumental task of having a child. Uh, who would want to do that alone, right? right? But there are millions of women that do that every single year, and it's just it's it's awful. It's it is a crisis that again, I know it's why we're talking, but yeah. one that I wish would just end. I I love it. That, it's a, that you have identified it as a crisis. 
I love it that we want it to end. So I'm going to take this hopefully somewhere naturally at this point. What are the causes? Because you can't, without truth, there is no lasting progress. So what are the causes? There should be many of them, but what are the causes of father, fathers without fathers? What, what is it that causes the father to be missing? There are so many. I think the, the one that seemed most prevalent to, to me, um, lack of, I think, identified education on the um, kind of like, so you think about my generation, you know, I'm, I'm nearing my 40s and the gentleman that I spoke to kind of had a wide range, but most of them were around my age demographic. You know, you think about their fathers who, you know, may have been growing up in, you know, kind of the Jim Crow South or dealing with a lot of kind of other things where, you know, financially, educationally, certainly academically, they did, weren't a lot of options to them. Um, and I'm not saying this as an excuse, just a reason um, that they may have not had the education and finances to deal with being a father and taking care of another human being at the stage in which, you know, their child was conceived. Um, then you think about some of the social programs that existed hell, just 20 or 30 years ago, which were more geared on people just surviving, right, right. to right. basic necessity, as opposed to now. I mean, I, you know, it is, it is, you cannot totally knock the progress that we've made, where social programs are a little bit more holistic. You can get some mental health, you can get some yeah. counseling, you can get some, instead of just, you know, here's your bag of groceries, get mm -hmm. out of, you know, this mm -hmm. warehouse. Like, you know, those, those type of support systems are a little bit better now. But when you think about those causes, it really does boil down to, I think, and, and then, well, one, academics, one, being able to fiscally support a child. And then when you think about kind of the systematic and structural kind of racism that has existed in this country that has not traditionally supported um, African-American families, have made it harder for families to secure housing, to secure a job, to secure education, um, has added to that division amongst ourselves where folks feel that it's easier to go it alone. And I know that's a really broad brush, but it's, it's repeated time and time again, especially in the United States. Uh, well, okay, now, now I'm going to personalize it one more time. Sure. That, part, that part you just said about sometimes I think it's easier to go it alone. I have thought through my, <clears throat> excuse me, my adult life, as, as time's gone, you got the kids and you got the college, you know, that you pay for and you got this kid stuff and you're driving to their games and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. Yep, it yep. was simpler before I was connected with wife and kids. This was yep. simpler, right? Yep. And you're right. There's a tendency to look back and think, man, that's when I was killing it. Or I could do anything <laughs> I wanted, right? <laughs> the, the, the problem is that doing anything you wanted is the issue, right? As opposed right. to doing things for some greater good beyond just yourself. yourself. Right? Exactly. Right? And I think exactly. that's why, you know, I, you, you are really touching a, a great nerve here and, and I love those causes. So let's, let's talk for a second. To me, I would imagine because you're the, you're the smart guy. You're the one who's done all the work. So, you know, to me, I would imagine that we might be able to put fathers without fathers in certain groups. Like, mm -hmm. there may be the father without a father who, as you mentioned earlier, who's, who has, who's, who's dedicated to being the father his father was not. Correct. Boom. Right? We may have the fathers without fathers who are dedicated, use the term, uh, mm -hmm. And they're just completely off the rails, right? They're, mm -hmm. They are repeating what happened. Before, exactly. Right? That's, that's crazy. And yeah. then, I don't know what there's a third group. There's always a third group of something. There's <laughs> a third group out there of some sort of fathers without fathers who maybe they are psychologically, like, they're not capable of being a better father. They're not. Uh, they're, not uh, they're there, but they're not being that father they could be. Right. So is that three easy groups I could put them in? Sure. I would I would mold that third one into the sense, you know, fathers, you know, without fathers who just are, are still you, you kind of mentioned it in the second description, like yeah. basically perpetuating the stereotype. Yeah. But there are certainly fathers that are that as much as they're kind of satelliting around their yeah. children are yeah. still a source of toxicity yeah. come around, you know, a couple of times a year, but when they yeah. do constant arguments with the mother, yeah. perhaps even abusive. I mean, there are a lot of, there's way more than three. There's a lot of subsects yeah. to paternal abandonment, okay. but it is made, uh, it is compounded and made exponentially yeah. worse when it is an abusive father. I, it would almost as much as I do want this, this phenomenon to end the, the, father that just pops in and out once a quarter and then does more damage than good 
is right. probably better off not there. Not there. Um, and that's, well, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of the solutions, but that's where you kind of get into some of the solutions and some of the um, psychotherapy and counseling that really, really needs to be done with some of these gentlemen. Well, you know what, let's slide right into that now. Sure, so either sure. let's talk about those solutions and, and if you can identify, I'm imagining that with the rest of our audience was thinking about this and you think about different people you know, maybe an ex or maybe yourself or maybe mm-hmm. your current or maybe you're there. Mm-hmm. If you can do it by, by, by grouping, if you want to redo the groupings I did, that's fine. And tell me, what are some of the solutions? What, what is, the, how do we, if, depending on the group I'm in, how do I escape from that trap and do what I should do, whatever that is. Sure. Well, I'm going I'm to make it simple. No matter what group you're in, and, and heaven help me, even the ones that potentially are um, uh, emotionally abusive, physically, I think right. those, those, you know, those should kind of be under the jail, but, you know, right, right. emotional <laughs> abuse as well. Right, um, right. Really, the solutions that I've seen through my research involve pretty intense mental health uh, kind of advocacy and support, whether that's okay. through counseling, whether that's through okay. psychotherapy, okay. and not just for, not just for the actual father who is about to become a father, the fatherless father. It's really everybody in that person's surroundings, right? So obviously the core, let's say, let's just use me, right? And like I said, if I'm blessed to have a father, I would want to just do some self-actualization and realization amongst myself to deal with my abandonment issues, deal with, you know, issues of mistrust that I have. Um, even, you know, a bigger guy, deal with weight issues and insecurity issues. That's one thing. But then honestly, if the, my support system around me, and this is where it really, really gets hard, right? Okay. Just because this is going to be a long answer. I'm sorry, but this is where it really gets well, hard. Because I can easily, I can easily pick up my phone and, you know, uh, get on better help or something like that, right. or reach out to my insurance company and like find a good therapist and see them for years on end. But I'm, if I'm still doing it within that bubble, that's only half the progress. I'm still surrounding myself with, I'm lucky enough to still have my mother in my life. I have a very supportive wife. They too do need some type of help and counseling because I'm sure I have not always been the best husband and that could translate into not being the best father. And there may be issues that her and I need to tackle, which may go different left or right, depending on how centered I am. Typically it is the, the support structure, the support system of these gentlemen that also need some help and some counseling and some guidance, whether it's how do you deal with certain situations? How do you do things to not elicit more mistrust? Like that's a big component of it. And then let's talk about the, the mother, the, the, you know, the parent figure. You know, there could be issues where in, you know, I am working to become a father or be a father and you go down the road, you don't want your mother or whomever is still in your lucky enough to be in your life, you know, saying things that trigger the parental abandonment that you've already right. dealt with, right? Yeah, There's no I sense of trying that. to revisit that. So hopefully I kind of like so in that thread where you understand where I'm coming from, but I kind of everybody, not that it's yeah. about me, but everybody in that person's orbit needs to wrestle with paternal abandonment because whether they admit it or not, it will yeah. affect their day-to-day life. So the gentleman that I spoke to did some of that to an extent. Some just really focused on them and, and still make progress, right? right? You can still, right. but, you know, seek That's therapy right. if you need That's the right. mental health, right? right? So some of them really made some help, but the ones that I really saw kind of take it to the level of a gentleman in Texas, he was, he was hilarious, but he did some counseling before when he was just dating his now okay. wife, okay. kind of then went through it then, then they did some marriage counseling, not because things were bad, just because they know he still had some demons to right. wrestle through. Well, what do they know about they, marriage? Correct. Correct. Exactly. 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 And sometimes, and I think one of the, you know, my grandfather used to say it, and it's it's, sure everybody's kind of said it, but he's always said like, you know, you can't help anybody until you help yourself. They don't teach this stuff in school. Then who do you propose teach this class? You're on the air with Daryl Mobley, your life coach on the radio. Right. And I think the quicker and, you know, when we add a little bit of humility to our daily life and put that ego aside and wash away that hubris, get rid of that arrogance and like admit that we need a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. That's when that real progress will start. Mm -hmm. And when you really think about the consequences, about how it may affect a young mind, put it aside and seek some help. So honestly, counseling is the biggest uh, benefit, like, you know, a solution, but like the the path to a a better outcome that I've seen in my research. How do you know if you don't need that kind of counsel? Let's say, I mean, what would you say if you met somebody, let's say they were, this guy was 23 years old, you mentioned somebody was young. Oh, younger. Yeah. That gentleman was probably about 35 or so. Okay. Okay. So how, if you meet someone, how do you know you look at him and say, 
that son of a gun doesn't need any counseling. They have got it. Somehow, they, they put the puzzle pieces together already. These guys are good. How do you know that? What is it about them that, as opposed to the people who you look at and you say, no, you need to get some, some counseling? That's a really good point, and you, you may not like the answer, but I don't think anecdotally in, you know, my research, I got to talk with these guys over several hours, mm -hmm. but, you know, that just focusing on one gentleman in his yeah. mid-30s, there's no way I can learn everything about that person with just a few-hour conversation. I right. think I learned a great deal, but honestly, he could have turned off his camera, clicked off of his Zoom link, and cried, you know, an hour afterward because of some unresolved issues, or he mm -hmm. may wake up in the morning feeling great and, and truly... I've known uh, people who have done this who just, you know, literally thank God for waking them up and allowing their legs to stand them as they got out of bed and they're doing well, but something may trigger them on the drive home, right? I, I think, you know, this really sounds subjective, but like, I think the only way that you know that you don't need something is if you yeah. truly know that you wrestle with everything up here, mm. right? And that first takes you know, doing some self-assessment, which kind of brings me back. I yeah. think not, not, not that a, a trained psychologist, psychiatrist is the only one that can do it, but just thinking about some of the issues, I won't use the word traumas, I won't go that heavy, but think of some of the issues that you've dealt with in your life and truly ask yourself, have I put them in my past? Have I put them in the right context? Am I a better person for it? If the answer is no, then honestly, I would seek some help, whether one counseling or 18 months of counseling, mm -hmm. I think it'd be beneficial to anybody. I love this. I love this. Now, again, uh, I'm going to personalize it again. <laughs> so, so way, way back uh, when I, uh, before I proposed to my wife, uh, you know, we, one thing that's been the hallmark of our relationship has been conversation. Like we talk, we, we put something, and I was, even before I was married, I was just a guy who was kind of friends with all tell you that Daryl will put stuff on the table and then we got to chop it up. He, he will okay. put something on the table that pe people avoid it. Not Daryl. Right in the middle of the table. Oh, yeah. I love that. Right? I love that. Yep. Yeah, conversations don't scare me, right? So we would always talk about things. And a lot of the things you're talking about, I would bring up, she would bring up, hey, what about this? What do you think about this? What, let's talk about your family. Let's talk about X, Y, and Z. And, and I wonder if that was our own version of the conversation you're talking about, the counseling you're talking yes. about. Because yes. we were very open about these things. And we were able to say, okay, now, let's, let's say there was something in the past that we didn't want to repeat that we had seen. We yes. would actually talk about that, right? Talk about it. Is, is, is that helpful too? Or, or is that still, do you say? No, no, that is immensely helpful. And I'm glad you mentioned that. So if you have that right support structure, which, you know, probably spent a lot of time talking about that. When you have, you truly have a partner that is emotionally intelligent, who right. is mindful, who understands that everything that you as you know, uh, as a male who's gone through some issues, it's not always about them, but you're saying it with a genuine guile and ask of support, then mm -hmm. yes, that can be even more valuable because at the end of the day, you're trying to get right, ideally, in a perfect world, you're trying to get right, not just for the kiddo, but for your spouse. You're trying to right. be a better person to everybody right. in your orbit. So what more what better way to connect than to have that person help you through that journey? So no, that is, you're, you're very blessed in that regard. Um, you know, I feel I am as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've got the chance to speak with some gentlemen that, you know, kind of have some similar, um, you know, connections like you, like you talked about, but yes, if you have a partner that's truly can, you know, just to use a colloquialism that can really hold you down and kind of keep, yeah. keep you straight, that's a plus. But again, I don't think that is as widespread everywhere, right. especially, you know, a lot of different influence. I won't sound like kind of an old guy here, but there's a lot of different influences in our society that, you know, the fundamentals of a strong relationship are really skewed. I think there's right. a lot of young right. African-American men that don't know quite what a healthy relationship right. looks like, right? right? And if you don't know what, what the goal looks like, how do you find it, right? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, I was, uh, I've always said, if your idea of relationships is what you hear in music or see on TV, which is everything, right? Yeah. Then yeah. you're screwed up. You're screwed. You're completely yeah. off, off, off base, right? And yeah. I, I used to, I was always, uh, I was very forgiving of my parents and that their relationship didn't quite work out in part because I always told myself, you know, after I, not as a 12 year old, you know, you, you know probably, <laughs> but, but as I got a little older, I was right. able to look back, probably my college years, and say, well, who taught them how to be good parents? Right. Because 
you know, my father's mother and father died when he was very young, right? And then they mm. got dispersed to families, right? He and his siblings. And they never had that family thing going on. And I, so I've always, I, even today, I look and say, man, it's amazing. And he was a great father to me. My mother was a great mother to me. As I said, they were uh, uh, imperfect people in an imperfect world, but they were perfect parents. And that the one thing I always knew, because I had my own relationship with them, was they loved me. They loved yeah. me. And I would tell anybody, no matter what the basis is, whatever you're going through, that kid, that kid can walk away and know unequivocally, my dad loves me. That, that is a foundation that can launch you and not, and not hold you back. So, we all need that. We all need yeah, that support. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I do a lot of, of life and executive coaching. I've been doing it for a couple of decades now, right? And as I always tell people, I'm not a therapist, not a counselor in that way. But I want to talk about you since you are professionally in all these things. Mm-hmm. How do, and, and I'm sure people will reach out to you. Many people reach out to you after this, which is great. What do you do to help people who offer support to these men? What, what is your what is your menu of things that you do? So the biggest thing, if you're kind of just, just I'll use the example of kind of how you describe you and your wife. The biggest thing that you can do is to listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, and I, I genuinely mean that, is to truly then listen, not just like, you know, have them go on about a story that maybe you've heard and then just jump on it and then just give them a name and an email. I mean, really try <laughs> to help them piece together their past just yeah. because, it can really be, now I will use the big T word, it really can be traumatic when you think about issues where the first time I remember it very vividly when I was about 10 or 11, where I finally said the words out loud, you know, to quote the Will Smith Fresh Prince of Bel-Air quote, but like, I asked my mom, why doesn't my father want me? Mm-hmm. You know, and like once you really understand what that means, that is heavy to a child. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you've had a normal relate like existing relationship and everything's been good and everybody's taking you to the movies when you want, and it, like to just feel you like yeah. like you don't exist, like you don't matter, is is very crushing. So most yeah. men that I've spoken with, whether it's for this research or just leading up to it, or even kind of talking with, you know, friends and family, um, they, they've seldom felt listened to. Um, and so just to talk with them and to hear their story, then from that, you can kind of glean like kind of what they're really wrestling with. Are they dealing with more the actual abandonment? Are they dealing with a little bit of regret of the men that, of the man that they thought they were going to be, but now they're sitting in their mid forties and, you know, they're working a dead end job and now they're holding this resentment on this person that was never really in their life. Like there's, there's a lot of different avenues that, that, you know, folks are dealing with, but by listening to them and being the professional. I appreciate your experience you can then help guide them in what's really really bothering them instead of just giving them a blanket kind of brush off so that's the biggest time and availability is probably the biggest gift you can give anyone but especially to these men you know i uh it was a different era when I, and it got by the way everybody listening and everything and watching the reason i'm personalizing it is because i know you are out there mm-hmm. every one right person okay so when i was a young kid it was caused, partly because of the era Partly because it's just the way things were done. Partly because of, of, uh, of because you had to leave work. I very rarely had my parents at any of my games or performances. Mm. Very rarely. So what I did was I resolved as a young man. I said one day I said I'm going to go. And my goal is I'm not missing one event. Not one event, right? Yeah. And uh, I'd even show up and watch practices, right? Not, <laughs> not, 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 not one event. And I tell you, there's a great, my kids are now uh, no longer teenagers, right? And I would tell you that uh, I believe, and they take it for granted. They take it, I mean, yeah. they just, this is all they know. All they know is yeah. there's that, there's that, mm-hmm. there's that right? Uh, but they, they don't have that that hunger for a father presence sure. because dad was always there. So yeah. I, I will tell people that I think that my kids and, and millions of kids out there sleep a little better. Uh, have a peace and understand their place or potential place in the world because I describe dads and this is maybe this is different. You tell me if I'm wrong. I think I think dads and moms serve purposes and sometimes different purposes. I consider part of my responsibility as a father. And this is why if you have father absence, fathers without fathers problem is to be a rock. Literally, there is a boulder. There is dad. He's never moving. He is not moving. There he is, right yeah. there. You wake up in the morning, you look to your left, there's that. You spin around three times, there's that. In other words, yeah. the being, being there gives these kids things 
And I think that's a that's an actionable way. Are you there? Are you there with them and bringing positive? As you said earlier, if you're going to be toxic, then you get to get the step. Right. If you're going to bring right. negative, no. Yeah. Get to go. I, I I I one. I mean, I love that that story, but I think anybody of your listeners would agree, and I'm sure you would agree as well. Like. I would rather those kids feel loved and supported and every time they turned around and blinked out, you're there and take it for granted. And then of course, you know, later in our life in their twenties and thirties, they're like, oh my God, that was such a blessing. Then turn around and no one is there and nobody is supporting them. And in their twenties and thirties have the resentment and animosity and heartache that some of these folks do. So I think that's awesome. Um, as far as like the, the the male and female roles, you know, we can talk about that. I think one of the biggest things that a parent is just supposed to do is just to support and to teach and to love, right? Mm-hmm. However that looks, but I, but the research is very, I mean, we can talk about anecdotally, but the research is very clear that in a two parent household mm-hmm. where those two parents you know, are stronger and supporting one another. And then when one stumbles, the other picks them up. They are that much more stronger for their child and able to provide that support, right? It could be an issue that, let's say you couldn't be to every game, but you're in a two-parent household and then mom can be there because you've got to work because bills still got to be paid, right? Instead of, I can't even sign you up for Little League because I need to work and you're not going to anything, right? right? Like, so I I think it's when those two parents can truly be Batman and Robin or the Avengers or whatever superhero duo you want to say. Like, I, I think that. They don't teach this stuff in school. And who do you propose teach this class? You're on the air with Daryl Mobley, your life coach on the radio. Surrounds that child with such support that it's pretty hard pressed for them not to have some success in life. They're not going to be perfect, but you're giving them such a great head start when you have that strong family dynamic. Yeah. You know, uh, I must tell you, this com- in my opinion, humble or not, this conversation with you is a beautiful one because you have two men talking about a topic that maybe it's covered in some depth in the barbershop. Not sure. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> in the barbershop. But, but I, I just want to tell you, I love it. And I think that what you're saying is going to help a lot of people. And, and I just hope you continue in this direction and build build mountains out of what you've built so far just take it and because we got to get to this place that you envision we got to get absolutely i can count on it i I am not going to be quiet about this at all (laughs) exactly what 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 are the steps in your mind that society can do so what what if you look back and say okay if you were king for a day dr will is king for a day he could snap his fingers what are the things society could do to help address um the fathers without fathers issue. Absolutely. So, you know, run a few broad statistics at you. So this is typically, you know, African-Americans make up, you know, less than 14% of the population, right? And then when you're talking about those that are affiliated, let's call it with this phenomenon, typically it is those of kind of, you know, middle class and lower socioeconomic status. And I say all that to say that typically some of the ways to get out of it, like we say the counseling, not everybody can afford Right. right. I think there needs to be more, you know, and I want to say federal investment, but let's mm-hmm. face it, sometimes this is a local issue, but whether it has right. to come from the top down or from the right. bottom up, I think there needs to be investment at the local level to bigger mental health counseling. So that's just not pouring money into the system and right. having the same licensed social worker that's being paid 22 bucks an hour right. sit across the couch. I mean, that right. also means investments into those schools and institutions to right. produce more licensed counselors, just like there's a right. nursing shortage. There is a therapist and social worker right. shortage. There are. Um, to invent- there are oh, shortages. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, pretty okay. much every allied healthcare professional you can okay. think of. There's a shortage, but the estimated nursing shortage is expected to be one million by the end of 2023. Wow. Social okay. workers is is not too far behind. Okay. But investing in the schools for the programs and the teachers, and then also, I think as a society, like I'm grateful for that we're talking. But at the society, I mean, there's so many issues. But our community, the African American community, needs to talk about this more so that it it gets more attention and attraction yeah. so that people can see that if we can fix it, our society, our community as African-Americans we can be so much stronger. And I yeah. think once we see and realize that, we will invest the money to pay counselors more, to invest in schooling so yeah. that at a local level,
people, if God forbid I was dealing with this issue, I can walk in and get some free treatment and talk to somebody to start dealing with the demons up here so that I can, you know, be a better father and a better man and a better husband. Um, So I I think it really starts at the local level, but whether we got to go state funding to local or federal funding to state to local, that's where I think it starts to invest in our health and human services. Wow. Okay. I, 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 got, I got to love this. Okay. So <laughs> talk to me about, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through your eyes, right? The lens you look through. What is short-term, what successes could we see? Short-term. Sure. I think short-term is the conversation, right? Because the lens that I've looked at, as much as, you know, the research is out there and we are blessed to live in a society that has things like the National Fatherhood Institute, we are blessed to, you know, have, um, and I truly mean blessed because sometimes the internet can be a bad thing. It can be a good thing when you find the right corners. So, you know, you go on Facebook and you can find, you know, a good half a dozen Facebook groups dedicated to African-American males struggling with this issue to support one another. But that's still a very small subsect of everything that's out there. I think the conversation, just like you mentioned the barbershop, the conversation's here. The action mm-hmm. happens when two people are talking together and are helping and supporting each other. That's how you build a true network. So okay. I think from a short term, I think we need to turn up the heat on the conversation. And I, I think just because there's so many other issues in society doesn't mean we can't juggle another one, right? right? Because this is something that truly affects our livelihood. Right. If this phenomenon persists, right? And you keep having, I'll use the term, broken home after broken family after broken home how do we ever get that how do we ever get that synergy how do we ever start building general general yeah exactly generational wealth how do we create a stronger black community and a stronger america if we don't fix this problem in the long term it's really talking about some of the funding and, and getting like society at large from Maryland to Montana to see how this issue is so prevalent so that maybe we can have some support outside of our own race, investing mm-hmm. in strengthening our community. Okay. Now, no, this is, this is, you, you're killing. By the way, just so you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about how my family and the notion of my family has sustained me, right? Again, personalizing. For okay. example, around, this is in my office here. And around my office walls, you can't see other walls. Mm-hmm. Here's college and the military stuff and what yeah. on this side. Yeah, and I've got, that's right. I've got my, I got my uh, great, great grandparents and whatnot over here. I can see all these pictures. And I got over here, I got all my family, like, kids okay. and wife and the this and the that, arms around and hugging and whatever like this stuff. And it, it's just surrounded by it. And one of the reasons I did that, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, poor, a, a poor imitation mm-hmm. of the conversation you're talking about having with my kids without really having a conversation. Because mm-hmm. now when they come in my office, they're surrounded by, they can see the spider web of people. So that's, mm-hmm. okay, that's my great, great, great grandmother yes exactly right that's and that's that's granddad you know that's granddad right there and here we are as little uh, to me i think playing that psychological game is so important and and i want everyone to start now don't wait until you get uh counseling start now strengthening your environment whatever it is you have that you can strengthen that environment you know uh i still on my phone the pictures i have of my kids are when they were young right Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, because I never want to forget that time period when, when you were filling their bucket with stuff, right? You're just filling their bucket with a vessel with all the information. So, okay. What I want to do is I, I want to make sure that people leave this conversation and they immediately go do something. Okay. If you just put pictures up, fine. If, are the things you could suggest people do say, go right now. When you, when you click off and we're done and you said, you know what, get up whatever and go do this thing right now to strengthen your family what might you suggest i i am eternally grateful for you asking that question because i've certainly thought about that and the, the answer comes from kind of what i've asked my wife to do um i would venture to guess my next two paychecks that folks listening to this conversation have at least one person in their life dealing with paternal abandonment it could be your very own spouse mm-hmm. it could be your father it could be an uncle, it could be a cousin. The biggest thing I'm asking is to sit down and ask how they are doing with this issue. Don't just say how you're doing and be broad. Right. Depending on the relationship that you have with them, ask them to share. 
and you know don't badger if they, they get walled yeah. off and close up but if it's your spouse just say look if it's never been said before you know i just heard this crazy podcast these two guys were going and it was really good but you know i had never thought about it i know you're probably dealing with something right now i just want you to know that i'm here for you to listen and then let's see if i can have that conversation because i i i am very adamant about especially with the stigma surrounding therapy and counseling among african-american males let alone our society at large we need to be listened to but we're just not always open to talking (laughs) it just is what it is sometimes we need a little prodding or we need somebody to ask how we're doing so the, the basic way i'm trying to answer your question is that for anybody that really wants to make a difference somebody that you know is going through this see how they're doing and if once you start picking up on the cues if maybe they're not doing so well be there to support them maybe make a couple of suggestions send me an email i'll send you a few um we we gotta get these folks support not in a selfish way because the stronger that our families are the stronger our communities will be and the stronger our big our society at large will be so but it starts with conversation so i I suggest that you ask them how are you doing Love that. I love that. This has been a remarkable conversation. I'm going to end with two questions. Sure. This question is, what have you learned? Jim, let me back up. What did you not know before you began this journey down this path of knowledge that you wish you had known about either yourself, Black people, Black fathers, society, you pick it. What did you not know? Before, you know, you, this is your journey through registered nurse, Advanced Science and Nurturing, MBA, that's in the study and the research and this and that. That's a whole. What did you not know before you started that you wish you had known about? You pick it. I think probably the biggest thing that I learned was that it's okay to stumble a bit as as a man. Now. Uh, that may seem like a dumb answer, but like my academic success, I mean, I'm very proud of it, but you know, you study your butt off, you pay attention, you take some coffee, you get some dark circles under your eyes, you get your degree, right? Um, but as far as like how to become a man and navigate relationships, you know, there's been plenty of relationships I've been in where I just beat myself up a, a little too much and then yeah. didn't realize that, that it wasn't a right fit or this person wasn't matching my energy or maybe I was a little immature and talking and going through this process and, and hearing some gentlemen with some similar stories to my own, I realized that you can make a couple mistakes as long as you are focused on trying to be a better person. And it's just a lot of people are not focused on that. So um, to any man, young, old, whatever, it's never too late to try to better yourself. And when you're talking about having a kiddo in your life, that 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 needs to be daily. You almost have to reset and be, commit to being a better man every single day. Yeah, yeah, you got that right, 100%, 100%. Is there any question I haven't asked you or anything you want to say to the audience that you've not said? Any question I haven't asked you that you want to ask or any question, you can even ask me a question if you want, but anything you want to say to the audience that hasn't been said? No, I mean, one, I mean, you've, you've answered a ton and just by sharing your story and that's what makes this research and this phenomenon just so relevant because we're all connected to it mm-hmm. I, I like i said i've hard pressed and maybe i just haven't found the right person i have not found a person that this phenomenon isn't somewhere whether it's close to their heart or in their orbit it is somewhere around them so mm-hmm. now i appreciate you sharing those uh sharing those stories and your experience um and the biggest thing i probably just want to close on is just you know patience is a big thing i am thinking about working on a project that really um focuses on the spouse or the partner the loved one of the paternally abandoned male and what they're dealing with like because like I said there's a lot of mistrust and a lot of other things and you have to have a special kind of I'll use the word partner you know in my instance happens to be my wife you know you have to have a special type of person to deal with it but just know that it's okay for you guys to stumble as well dealing with a couple of folks like us isn't the easiest thing to do so you just got to know that if you're ever feeling it that you can get support as well it's not all about him it's just really just trying to create a stronger bond and sometimes you need a little bit of help with doing that my goodness you have been fantastic let me just say something to everybody out there you can call him dr harvey you can call him dr will whatever you do contact him make sure you reach out to him there's a lot of stuff the knowledge is out there and there are people who are pursuing knowledge in a variety of ways that can help us. Be sure you reach out to him. Uh, in my, by my mind, he's still a young man, but he's got, <laughs> he's got, he's got a wise soul. And I think we're doing what you do. Yeah, man, I think it's fantastic. I wanna, I'm glad we connected. I'm glad we're doing this. And I've got some ideas for doing more. I'm gonna make sure that we include 
contact information for you that you want us to share as part of this. But I just want to thank you so much for everything you've shared, for all that you're doing, and for all the lives you're going to impact, because that's the number I can't quite count up to yet. You're going to reach a lot of people. I absolutely appreciate you, Daryl. Like I said, thank you for doing this. Thank you to Family Digest. Thank you just for your work with leaders. I'm sure I've already learned a lot from you just by talking to you, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for staying with us during this incredible talk about the impact of father absence on the community and more specifically on the Black community. So much to be learned. So many great nuggets, Dr. Harvey, Dr. Will, if you want to call him that, brought to us. Let me get this out of the way right up front. If you wish to reach out to Dr. Harvey, please just go to drwillphdrn at gmail.com. Let me try it again. You ready? Dr. W-I-L-L-P-H-D-R-N at gmail.com. You're reaching right out to him. You may have a need to speak to him about your own situation. Maybe you want him to engage with your organization. Who knows what else you might want him for? But I just think that the more people to get an opportunity to speak with Dr. Harvey, the better, the more fruitful our move forward will be for our community and for all of society. Now, Let's talk for a second about some of the things we dealt with here. With Dr. Harvey, we got a chance to understand a bit more about the definition of father absence, to talk about the impact of a parent, mother and father, on a child's life. And while that's not news, it's interesting to hear his perspective on it, to understand how the community has been impacted by the prevalence of father absence. Why there is father absence? We talked about uh, the different types of fathers, if you will, who are fathers who grew up without fathers, right? He and I talked about it. We went back and forth on that. I thought that was really, really good. We talked about whether this father absence is a crisis. And if it is a crisis, why it's a crisis. We talk about what he learned about those who've been affected by father absence and how those learnings can help all of us in similar situations and help our communities at large. Have thought about ways to support not just the men in this, but also others affected by their abandonment. The truth is when a father is not a part of a child's life, many are harmed. And I was glad to have this opportunity to talk with Dr. Harmy about some of that harm and some of what we can do going forward some of what society can do, the steps we can take to change the narrative. And I also wanted to know from him about short and long-term success. What does it look like? How can we do it? What happens next? What happens then? And that's really important to me to get to not just first level thinking, anybody can do that, but second level thinking and then third level thinking. And that's kind of what I was trying to do with our conversation. Dr. Harvard was fantastic. I'm really thankful that he gave us his time and I look forward to him impacting you and your community, wherever you are. Here's the key. The best is yet to come. As long as you and I lead the way, we are the leaders we need. You can hear my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You got a question, a message, or a request of me, go to coachmobley.com and you'll find links on that page. Friends, thank you for joining me on the Daryl Mobley Show, your life coach on the radio. Let's do it again. Same bat time, same bat channel. Remember this, my friends. In life, you don't get what's fair. You don't get what's good. You don't get what's nice. You don't get what you deserve. You don't get what you wish for. And you do not get what you need. In life, my friends, you get what you do. Period.
Make the person in the mirror. That's you. Do the right things, and you will win at the game of life. One more thing. Your life will not get better by chance. Your life will get better by change. Believe. Think. Act. Win. And say it with me. Enjoy life. Hey, wife, I love you and the kids. See you soon. Bye-bye now. They don't teach this stuff in school. And who do you propose teach this class? You're on the air with Daryl Mobley, your life coach on the radio. to my Live Your Best Life newsletter. It's fast and easy to do. Just go to CoachMobley.com. Click on the button you see there, fill out the little form, and you're in. Thanks.